You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. going on 14 i am mike i'm patrick i'm joel and i'm josh and i think the real trouble with tribbles is that after you shave them there's just not enough meat on them much like and my who- eggs oh. oh there's a galooli at the door who's that over there con oh he's hanging out too nice C- could you imagine though like if tribbles were edible wouldn't they be like a perfect self-replicating food source Yes. Yeah, you just lock them in the pantry, let them go, shave them, and then you got like meatballs. <laughs> what you, you just had to devise some kind of thing that shaved them as you pulled them out of their their kennel. Yeah, like, yeah, I think you could do that with, with like technology. Poplars. Like poplars, did you say? Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice tribbles. Oh my god. Okay, so I looked up. Uh-oh. Our I got as far as our tribbles, and Google automatically filled in all our tribbles edible. Oh, <laughs> nice. Are they? It's on Yahoo Yahoo Answers. Are Tribbles edible? <laughs> Only by a glomer, genetically constructed creature, by the Klingons to eat Tribbles. Did you say glomer like on Punky Brewster? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it says, well, how'd they spell it in Punky Brewster? G-L-O-M-M-E-R? Mm, I think there's only one M in glomer, but... Okay, as an aside, do you, guys, do you guys watch the show at midnight at all? No. I, I watch several shows at midnight, depending oh, the show on what's on. named at midnight, hosted by Chris Hardwick. Oh, no. They did, this oh, no. Thing, they did a thing where they did a segment, um, and they were, they were uh, just talking about making fun of things on Yahoo Answers. And the first thing that they put up was an actual thing posted in the zoology section of Yahoo Answers. And it was, the question was, does spider have puss puss? Oh, that's an important question. Yes, I don't does it? think that's qu- does spider and, does spider have puss puss? It automatically filled it in. <laughs> I mean, that's just I mean that is so funny in so many ways. And one of the guys, uh, Dana Gould, one of the comedians, he said he said not so much with Tobey Maguire, but with Andrew Garfield, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, and he, he followed that up. He's like he's like uh, yeah, let's. Let's make let's let's make Morrissey a superhero. I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> Someone replied with the entire script of Shrek. Yeah, that's well, a little strange. What else would you do? Some sections of know. Yahoo Answers are very very weird. Get over get it, lost. man. Don't get lost Putting in there, Mike. We'll never get. We'll never no, I know. Again. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm closing that right now. <laughs> so, as if you couldn't tell from our conversation with Tribbles and Puss Puss, <laughs> <laughs> does Tribbles have <laughs> Puss Puss? <laughs> Don't make me search that. If I search that, I will. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Mike went down the rabbit hole, never to be seen again. Uh, oh, there goes Pat. 
<laughs> well, we're doing the Star Trek show. Yay! Kind of fo- <laughs> yeah, we're kind of focusing on con, uh, but uh, we are talking about all things Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, we know there's a lot of material to cover, but we talked about maybe splitting this into two shows, but we realized that aside from the movies, really hasn't been a whole lot of Trek, at least officially, for a while. So uh, we'll probably paint with some broad strokes over the uh, TV shows and the original movies, and maybe if something else new comes in the next couple of years we'll go back in and revisit the topic or if it comes out while we're recording the show like yes. right now okay quick yes no oh. and we check my email see what i've got from jj abrams <laughs> yeah oh it's a lens so, flare. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just a gif of a lens flare <laughs> looks like this week uh in the show we've got a lot of interaction from the audience on multiple fronts uh i believe we have a tweet an email and a facebook comment Yes, we do. Uh, no voicemail. The however. trifecta. That's a hat trick yes. in the podcast business, isn't it? Wait, podcast? Podcast. Are you, are you sportsing? Podcast. Are you talking about sporting? <laughs> He's talking about ball things again. Yeah. All right. So we, we do have an email. It is a uh, email from Brian Farrell, who is a great fan, uh, often commenting and calling in and doing those things. But uh, he had wanted to comment about the Godzilla show. And he writes, to clarify what you said about my son and I watching Godzilla, <laughs> King of the Monsters. Did we, did we talk about yes, that? Yes, we did. Okay, good. I apologize. Uh, we did not. Will that cover it? <laughs> no, I don't think he's angry. Oh, okay. So stop apologizing. Save it for I'm later. Sorry. We did not simply. It's just I'm sorry, a Patrick reaction. won't stop apologizing. <laughs> it's a re. It's a reflex action. He's now. Canadian. <laughs> he's got apology reflex. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, we did not simply turn it off, but instead grew so tired of the voiceover that we decided to fast forward to the action scenes. And even though we were fully aware of the limitations of the time, we could not help but sit there in MST3K the entire attack scene. I agree with your opinion that it was not a good old Godzilla movie to be introduced into the franchise. The overdubbing of Raymond Burr's dialogue managed to be annoying, unnecessary, and insulting at all at the same time. I did not know the original Japanese movie. I did not know that it was the original Japanese movie with new stuff added. It certainly felt like something was off, but it makes sense now to why it was so off-kilter. Boogie has since seen the new one. I'm going to assume Boogie is his son. Boogie, that's his nickname for his son. Yeah, his name's William, but they call him Boogie. I thought there was a third person in this conversation. No. Okay. I haven't and enjoyed it, but this old one really turned him off. I'm willing to give him some of the older Godzilla versus movies a chance. They sound like more of a fun kind of bad movie, especially The Flying Turtle, (laughs) Tommy the Duck. All right. That coming from a man who is a giant Howard the Duck fan, like incredibly large and a slayer. So it's two great tastes to take grace together. Taste great. No, not at all. No, I don't. Have you seen... Howard the I, Duck? I yeah, own Howard it the because... Awful. I own it. Do you know why? Because Brian sent me a copy. He sent me a special <laughs> edition copy. He said, here, because you need this in your video library. See, but now if he's he going to count a, you as a fan. If he sends me a copy, I'm going to drive to his house and punch him. <laughs> that's a, that's you hear that? You hear that, Brian? That is a challenge right there if I ever heard one. <laughs> it's going to be Number a bit one of a in drive. audience engagement. We will drive <laughs> to your house and punch you. I also want to say that if he doesn't nickname his wife Oogie, <laughs> then he's just, he's just missing an opportunity hey, right there. No, she, her, she goes by Supernova. Oh, well, I was just kind of hoping he would go by Oogie. You know, be like Boogie. She's really hot Boogie. and burns up fast. She's awesome. Careful, she'll kick your ass, dude. Supernova Boogie. Only if she, only if she sends me a copy of Howard the Duck. Hey, her, her I'm going to drive is, to kick his ass, and she's going to drive to your house to kick your ass. Uh, her name, and then give me a copy of Suck Howard the Duck. Her nickname is Supernova 187, and we all know what 187 means, so best watch ah. it. All the fucking cops. Mm-hmm. 
All right. On Facebook. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. On Facebook, Jason Brigger says, loved your G.I. Joe episode. Went to the YoJokes.com site and never realized how many Joes I really had. Jason is actually part of the uh, History of Bad Ideas podcast on the Musings of a Geek Network, which we are on. We are a part of. We, we are, are a proud ins- part of. Yeah, we're inside yes. that. I should take a picture of all the G.I. Joe figurines I still have. Did you say figurines? Are they made by Hummel? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. All his G.I. Joe guys look strangely sim- familiar to uh, those little fathead kid statues that I <laughs> <What>? forgot. To- <laughs> those little fathead kids. I was going to make a comment about Patrick collecting precious moments, but I lost the word precious moments. That's- <laughs> Lord. I-, I thought so- it was a new kind of set of figures your mom gave you right around the time she gave you math. <laughs> fat All right. fat head kid. So we got a twi- we got a fat Twitter too. <laughs> uh, How did that backfire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, All that, right. So uh, Maybellina on uh, Twitter wants to know if we've considered doing a game show show, Family Feud, Prices Right, or talk shows. And uh, we are all no, we have that idea, <laughs> but we do like that idea. Yeah, that's a spectacular idea. I would love to talk about uh, like press your luck and. Oh, press your and luck. And the whammy scandal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Yep. Save it for a future show. <laughs> yes. Patrick, <laughs> notate that. Save it. So, okay, uh, well, thank you for all tweeting and writing. and Thank you for writing. all your cards and letters. <laughs> Did we have yes. any voicemails or no? Not this. We don't have any voicemails. But if you'd like to leave one, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah, and you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, just look for 40 going on 14 or send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. We're also 40go14 on uh, Twitter also. So if you want to get in touch with us or join the conversation out there, if you have show ideas, comments, or want to uh, send oh, Patrick a copy of Howard the Beach. 40 going on 14. Oh, you said leave a voicemail. Hey, this is Joel. I'm just calling in. I want to tell you I love your show. Uh Oh, it's ringing. This is so meta. <laughs> Wait, it's ringing. Why is it ringing? Is that Josh? I think it may be Josh's. Who is it ringing to? I, I don't. It's ringing to my Google Voice. But I thought it was a voicemail. Doesn't doesn't feel like anything. What is that? If Sarah answers the phone right now, that'll be amazing. <laughs> uh, if Joel, Joel answers the thank phone, thank you for calling the forty going on fourteen voicemail line. If you'd like to leave a message for the guys, possibly be featured on the show, please do so after the beep. You can also reach us at www.40go14.com. Thanks. You're welcome. Who the hell is that guy? He sounds like a tool. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, yeah, goodbye. I just want to say I love your show, and I needed to leave a voicemail because you commanded me to. <laughs> okay. Love you. Bye. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> oh, man. I messed it up. Now i got to call back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You know, I think it's about that time. You're right. I think I just hung up on Joel. (laughs) (laughs) About that time to make Joel. The last thing he hears, it's about that time, and he's just gone. He's like, oh, damn it. Hang on. Let me (laughs) kick me out of the show. (laughs) Hello. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. Did you have a conversation you'd like to have today? That's it. I am doing my whole (laughs) four-page diatribe about Janeway's hair at the end of the show. Okay, when you I said about listen. that time, I did not mean that time to <laughs> kick Joel off the show. <laughs> I didn't mean to. What I meant to do was this. This week in music, <laughs> movies, and TV.
All right, so now we have this weekend, going for this week, in 1979, which was the premiere of Star Trek The Motion Picture, subtitled, Bald Chicks Can Be Hot Too. Word. Yes. So, music. Le Freak by Cheek is number one. <laughs> Cheek. Cheek. Le Chic. Chic. Le, Le Freak by Le Chic. Yeah, like the Iron Chic. Le Chic. He did that? No. Yes. <laughs> but he could have. <laughs> imagining like, <laughs> the Iron Sheik in a disco outfit just dancing along with the Sheik. Speaking of which, do any of you uh, follow him on Twitter? Because he's very offensive. Oh, no. I'm going to look for him now. Look him up. <laughs> look, he's in my, he's one of my, um, the people I follow. He's very offensive. Anyway, you were saying. And, <laughs> I don't know. Def Leppard. Uh, Def Leppard was discovered after a gig at Crook's Working Men's Club in Sheffield and was reviewed in the UK music paper Sounds. That led to a recording contract with Phonogram Records, hmm. which is awesome because Def Leppard is awesome. It's like the American Dream, only in the UK. I was going to say, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> but if you think about it, that doesn't happen. That guy still has his arm. What does he think? Uh, uh, Butterfly effect. Ashton Kutcher's in the band? <laughs> no, I just wanted I to talk about that movie. Oh, it wasn't terrible. I mean, the sequels were probably got awful, but the first one was Speaking right. of movies. Right, I'm breaking these out right now. Damn it, Jim. What the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, movies. The original Alien came out and is number one for three weeks, Mm -hmm. which, again, is awesome because I love that movie. And The Duke dies of cancer at the age of 72. Less awesome. Less awesome. And Jack Haley also assumes room temperature. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Somebody here is the comedian. You know who? Is something wrong with me that I don't know who Jack Haley is? Uh, The Tin Man. He invented Haley's comic? The Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. Both those guys died on... Well, it should have left him wrapped in tinfoil. Then he would have kept it kept a little longer. And shaped like a swan. <laughs> Stop looking at me, swan. Yeah, that would have happened. All right. So in uh, TV, 60 Minutes is number one on television. And uh, Welcome Back, Cotter has its series finale on June 8th, 1979. As an interesting note, here it is. L&S. Should be obvious. Was number, was number one the year before. Cagney and Lacey. Lois and start Superman. With an L? Ooh, that's a good guess, but no. Long and short. Laverne and Shirley. Ah, oh, okay. Shlemiel. Shlemazo. I thought awesome. it would be obvious. Right. Right. I thought like every other week. <laughs> so it was number one the year before, and the first time the number one show didn't even make the top 30 the following year. Wow. Yeah, they, wow. they, they moved the, the date that they uh, played it and took away the lead in and everything, and it just kind of... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that season Richard Gere was supposed to be attached. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, to a hamster. <laughs> Sure. Come on! <laughs> so, uh, in the end, uh, sports. The NBA approves a transfer of the New Orleans Jazz to SLC. To the Slick Liquor Commission. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, actually. Oh, my Jesus! <laughs> I should not take a hit before you... <laughs> You know, I didn't have a plan for that one. That was off the top of my head. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, NBA Commissioner Lawrence O'Brien said the franchise would be realigned in the league. Salt Lake City, by the way. Oh, oh, okay. That makes way less sense. Yeah, because there's so much jazz in Salt Lake City. Exactly. Utah's full of jazz. Have you ever been there? Yes. Oh. I had a college roommate that was from there. Oh. Before I met you guys, Scott. Oh, I was going to say. Shout out, to Scott <laughs> Schumacher! Yay. What's up, Uncle hey, Scoo? Let's go. Anyway, NBA know. commissioner. That's wrong one. Lawrence O'Brien 
So the franchise will be realigned within the league's Midwest division with the Indiana Pacers shifting to Central. Speaking of which, Cole oh. Meany played O'Brien on uh, Star Trek Next Generation. It's true. Mm-hmm. There Agreed. you go. See, I told you they'd be interested. Yeah, I know. And uh, miscellaneous but- is fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> Come on, Mike. You can do it. 13-year-old Katie Kerwin of Denver correctly spelled <laughs> and Mackleser to win the 52nd annual National Spelling Bee. <laughs> Apparently Mike did not win for pronouncing them. I want you to call in and leave a voicemail reading that so we can hear Google Voice translate that. <laughs> the Denver pronunciation bee. Mike lost. <laughs> Yeah, uh, spelling bees. It's true. That was no, I know they exist. That was funny. <laughs> it's not like we said you denied their existence. We just said oh you're not very good God. at them. What? Google just told me what it thought Joel said. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Already? That was fast. Hey, guys. I, I, I just want to say I love your show and I need to leave a voicemail you commanded me to do. Love you. Bye. That was kind of boring. Oh. You're Max Headroom? I, 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 I. <laughs> Yeah, aside from the opening to Crazy Train being stuck in there, that was pretty close to accurate. <laughs> I, I, I. No, 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 no. And some, for some reason, there's a cat purring in the middle of it now. <laughs> it's, it's great. Crazy Train. <laughs> that, all right, Star Trek. Yay. Yeah. I, hey, Star Trek. We like. Well, all of us have watched Star Trek. Oh, hell, I grew up on that show. To various degrees. Um, I watched it. It was on right before... Uh, uh, Fall Guy? No. Um, no. Beverly Hillbillies? All I can remember is Dave Coe's, Josh. Oh, the Coe's Zone. Uh, no, uh, Son of Sven Gulli. Oh, before the Coe's Zone. <laughs> before the Coe's Zone, oh. yes. Free Coe's. <clears throat> yeah, it was on before uh, Son of Sven Gulli, and that was a fun little Saturday afternoon or Sunday. I don't know. You were. High. I really didn't start paying attention to days until after I graduated. I was going to say you were drunk at the time. <laughs> so... I, I I grew up watching Star Trek. I mean, that was big part of my childhood was watching Star Trek. Any in it in any time that I could, and then especially when Next Generation started. You know what's really interesting is I actually I wasn't anti Trek, but I had no interest in it for years and years, and I actually discovered Trek accidentally. I uh, was flipping through, and I saw one of the holodeck episodes where Picard was in his mystery. I forget the character name. Uh, oh, the big sleep one. I uh, well, he's got Dixon Hill. It was a Dixon Hill episode. Oh, and I, oh yeah, actu- yeah. I actually started watching Star Trek because I didn't know I was watching Star Trek. I thought I was watching a cool mystery show, and then all of a sudden, Phasers came out. I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap! This is Star Trek." <laughs> they tricked me. <laughs> The holodeck episodes were a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And it made you as a teenage boy or a early prepubescent go, oh, that's a good idea. I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a holodeck. I still uh-huh. do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Please stop talking. Uki, <laughs> we're looking at you. Um, anyway, you were saying. So, so you stumbled onto it and you got sucked in because of that, huh? Yeah. And then yes. I eventually uh, caught up with the rest of the next generation. I've been a casual fan ever since, though my first allegiance in the Star Trek Star Wars uh, wars is to wars. <laughs> well, that was awkward. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like you were <laughs> stuck there for a second. I, I, War. I. Definitely wars. Definitely wars. <laughs> oh, there, were, there, was, there was a trekking and then some wars. I don't I Definitely. Yeah. So uh, the original Star Trek came out in 1966. With uh, three, 
seasons? Yes, yes. There are three seasons of original Trek, 66 to 69. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, they started off with a five-year mission, and they only managed to go three. Well, that's because uh, they were so good at their job. They got it done early. Uh-huh. <laughs> they got a raise because of that. Efficiency experts. So, original series. I, uh, my father, Patrick. my father was a fan of Star Trek, which is how I got involved in Star Trek. He pretty much got my mom to watch it with him eventually, because I remember them watching, you know, the Next Generation a lot, and they got into it that show more than I did. I watched it with them, you know, every now and then, but not every episode. They really liked it a lot. But my dad, you know, watched all the original series, and he went to go see all the movies. He took us to see the movies and stuff. So a lot of my Star Trek love is just, you know, is just passed down from my father, which is where my Doctor Who love comes from too. It's from the exact Patrick's same father? from Pat's father. Shut your holes. <laughs> no, from my dad. <laughs> Jack I didn't holes. even know my dad knew you. <laughs> he didn't want to let you know. I was his favorite. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it, and it's funny how that happens. You get that, and and you so you have a different connection than we do because I never watched Star Trek with anybody. It was just on my own that I was a nerd. Yeah, Star Trek was a family thing, just like Star Wars was. Yeah, see, Star Wars was a family thing. Star Trek was not in my group mm. family. Five family, I guess. Star, we were more of a Star Wars family. I could see that. So. Surprised you weren't more of like a like a Buck Rogers family. Oh, we were totally Buck Rogers. My mom had a thing for the guy with the feathers on. His I head. knew that was coming because <laughs> she pictured him in the tree hanging back. Yeah, she wanted his carcass yeah. for the tree. Yeah. yeah, I was going to guess you were more of a Swiss Family Robinson. Actually, <laughs> mm, I was going with my mother the car. Nobody goes with my mother the car. <laughs> nope, that's why it was canceled. Exactly. So, so yes, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say the original series. Um, I watched the, uh, the pilot, and I also watched the first uh, the first one with Kirk in it, the Man Trap. So I watched the first two, and it definitely, I mean, it definitely did, did improve between the pilot and the one with Kirk. And I don't know if that was just because of Shatner, or maybe you know, maybe the writing was a lot better, or whatever. But <sighs> what? Just let the air out of my tires. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a counterpoint when you're done. Okay, yeah, I en- I enjoyed the second one, you know, much more than the actual pilot. I think I think they had a better grip on uh, Spock as a character by the second show because in the pilot he was not the Spock that everybody knows. He was much more emotive in the pilot, and he was much more just um, he was he was much more of just kind of a, a go along with things more than you know contradict everything like he did. You know everybody knows he does. He's always contradicting Kirk all the time. But in the fir- in that first pilot they just didn't have a real bead on on the Spock character yet. I think. Well, the first episode, one, they didn't have a bead on raining in his eyebrows. <laughs> it was 66. What do you mean? They had huge 66. eyebrows. And it seemed like he wasn't as like introspective on the first episode as he was with the uh, for the rest of the season, for the rest of his existence, right, really. Yeah. I mean, he was like showing emotion and stuff, being curious about things. Um, out of that episode, I think it was only him and uh, the number one who became the nurse are the only two that actually moved on to the next show. Majel Barrett. Gene Roddenberry's wife. Yeah. I was going to say there's a reason why she made it. (laughs) She made it. She's still doing stuff. She did the voice of the computer through the show. She was on there all the time. Yeah. She was uh, Loaxana Troy. Oh yeah. Yeah, She's Majel Barrett's been all over it because of her fingerprints are all over this just as much as Roddenberry's are. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. I, you know, she's to- totally behind her hubby on what he's doing, yeah. so that's awesome. And she's not, I mean, she was a decent actress and easy on the eyes when she was younger. Yeah, it's not like she was bringing the series down by any stretch. Right. No. She's sort of the anti-Yoko. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> Which okay. this, this world needs more anti-Yokos. Ooh. 
Good point. I agree with you. On we, need, we, we need to cancel out the actual Yoko, so we need more anti-Yokos. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, we know where you stand on the Yoko instance. A instance? hater. No, I was going to talk about the uh, the original pilot episode, The Cage. Yes. yes. I personally, I found the original pilot episode, and I haven't seen it in a long time. I The only way I really had ever seen it prior to this was in the Menagerie episodes, which I ended up watching too. But I'd never seen it in, in its entirety for probably two decades. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I actually thought that I've, I actually found the show more interesting. And I kind of wish they would have gone that route. And it would have been just another branch on the Star Trek tree because once Kirk comes into it, I mean, granted, it is what it is now and I still love it, but he's so smarmy and so like he seems like he's half drunk half the time. And he just I don't know. There's something about him that just bugs me because he's so cocksure. Yeah. Jeffrey Hunter. Jeffrey Hunter's character is more, I think, actually, where Chris Pine was taking it in the new movies. He was kind of doing more of a Captain Pike take on Kirk versus actually Kirk. And I just I really liked the way it was done. Everything about it was just to me was really solid. And I kind of lamented the fact that it was the way they went. One of the things about Kirk that I like um, is William Shatner brings a a kind of I mean, you're right. You're right. It it is like a smarminess, but it's also a a charisma that he brings that 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 first actor did not have. I can't can't recall his name right now. Jeffrey Hunter, which I thought he did. I thought he was I I thought he I thought he had a a great rugged personality, but he just was kind of flat. There was I I didn't feel like there was enough charisma there. I see. I agree with Pat on this one. I think that Shatner, if they had not moved to Shatner, this Star Trek wouldn't start. Star Trek wouldn't have lasted more than a season. Well, it didn't get because, picked up even because of this pilot. So, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's that it, you had that smarminess, which him being so overblown personality and cocksure and all that, paired up with the way Spock was. Right. Was yeah, there were was that, a good buddy dynamic. Yeah, they were yeah. kind of perfect foils for one another. That's right. true. I, I could agree with that. And that no, actually, I mean, it was, they, it was, so it was almost like once they kind of drew a bead on what Spock was, they knew they needed something different than the captain they had, I guess. You know? mm-hmm. And that makes sense. I mean, because, well, because yeah, it'd be boring if every week all you did was have the captain and the first mate intricately thinking about things together. Yeah, and agreeing with each other all the time. <laughs> yes, we should do that. And I mean, even later on in the... Um, we watched the Space Seed to get a good old uh, Ricardo Monteblan fix. There's actually several times in the in the show where Spock looks at Kirk and he's like, "You really enjoy pointing out when I'm wrong for some reason." <laughs> well, <Yeah>. and <laughs> Kirk's even more obviously half drunk and smarmy when you look at him next to Khan, who is so focused and on point and just completely driven. He's and constantly manipulating the situation to his advantage. And Kirk's just like, so, hey, I'm over here doing my thing, you know. Was uh, anybody else really creeped out by Khan's interactions with Lieutenant MacGyvers? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like but, Ricardo Montalban, <laughs> space rapist. <laughs> yeah. Before we get too far in. He was I the Ike Turner of the The, the last thing I wanted to say in the comparison of the two captains, the pilot captain versus Kirk. Why can I not remember his name? What, what was that? Captain uh, Pike. Captain Pike, Pike. Thank you. Um. I think it, it's almost like if you compare quarterbacks in the NFL and just bear with me, guys, you know, people that are <laughs> I've like, lost, you've lost, lost all three of us. People that are listening might understand this. You know, it's like, I mean, while Pike is just a perfectly good starting quarterback and he's, you know, going to be just fine, he's never going to win you the championship like the guy who's Kirk. 
because Kirk is like a Joe Montana or like a you know um a Johnny Unitas or whatever. Whereas you got your Pike, who's you know like a Warren Moon or so something that's just perfectly you know perfectly capable, but he's never going to be talking. So I understood. Done. I knew one of those names. Okay. Does it have something to do with the '85 Super Bowl? <laughs> no. Okay. No, that was Jim McMahon. Oh. Something about touchdowns. <laughs> you know, something so, else I just really wanted to say real quick about the old this where we're at right now before we move on to the, the next part of things is I think it's really interesting that and, and again, going back to Doctor Who, something that I was introduced my, by my dad that started in 63. This started in 66. They both had a similar premise where there's kind of a more of a hopeful bent on the future versus you know, this real dark kind of gritty sci-fi that we have now. And I think it's interesting. That, like Space 1999. Right. It's dystopia. Yeah. They're still, they still, both of them are still around and are still relevant because of, I think because of that, because people yeah, want to yeah. have that hope for a, a better tomorrow. And as I was watching, I couldn't help but compare because, you know, it's kind of like it was kind of the American, it's to me kind of the American version of Doctor Who because it's had the same lasting effect and, has the same kind of fan base and the same kind of longevity that I think will endure as long as they're still making new new shows for it. So that's what I had to say. Going on. So you want to talk about uh, Space Seed? <laughs> I watched Space Seed and I watched the, I watched the Naked Time I dr- because I dropped some Space oh, Seed earlier during <laughs> his Naked Time. Uh, exactly. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> See, I told you he did it. Shut up, dude. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> So, Ricardo Montalban, first off, he shows up wearing glitter-covered chicken wire. (laughs) From the grim, dark times of 1992. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When everybody dressed like a punk rock band. Eugenic wars. No, my favorite thing is, like, all the... (laughs) All the guys are in these blue jumpsuits, and all the women are in these fishnet, <laughs> sexy-looking bikini things. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this is the most tactically appropriate thing this, these women should be wearing right now. Well, I mean, there's okay. We're in a war. Talk about social social viewpoint from Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> women weren't exactly high on the totem pole I, I in it, this show at all. I love how. It's Wait, I know what you're gonna say. It's futuristic, and those guys are still sitting there going, "Hey, check out the ass on that babe." And she walks. <laughs> yeah, give me a martini. It's like I, I was talking about no no, no in, in the very beginning where they're approaching the Botany Bay and you hear the Morse code coming out. Oh yeah, and and Uhura goes, "It's Morse code," and, and Kurt's like, "Yes, we can hear it." <laughs> yeah, we're both. You know, she's like, "They're saying whatever it was, like SOS." He's like, "Yes, we know Morse code. Thank you." Wait, Why did you guys work just, here? Are we? Ta- we're talking about the man trap, right? No. No, wait. Which what? one are we talking about? Which yeah, we're talking trap. about Space Seed. Or, no, oh, no, we're talking space, about Space yeah, Seed. Space Seed, Man Trap, or Naked Time? I'm not sure. No, it, okay. was, it was Space Seed, the one with Khan, because they get the well, beacon wh- from, the, from the ship. Because yeah. I have to point out, speaking of these, because I, I watched the first and the last episode. Well, I watched some other ones in between, but I watched Turnabout Intruder, which was the last episode of the series. And in that episode, um, Kirk and uh, – uh, what was her name? Dr. Yeah, she was a she was a scientist. They she forced him to switch bodies with her. Like they switched, so he was a girl and she was a man. What she became? Well, Kirk. There goes the rest of the afternoon for Kirk. Exactly, <laughs> and so she tried to convince everybody that she was the that her former self that Kirk now was Kirk was embodying was crazy and a woman and hysterical, and so she should be locked away forever. And I mean, it just was a horrible, like totally misogynistic episode, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you watch it, it's like, and it's at the at the cusp of when the women's lib movement was, it, was really getting started. The 60s without a little bit of misogyny. Oh my God. If you watch it, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's so awful. Like, and coffee, babe. Slap and if you want to see, if you want to see Shatner at the top of his form, watch him be a woman. <laughs> He's not, there was a sentence I did not expect to be said today. He's not dressed like a woman. He's he's Kirk, but his mannerisms, the way he talks, um, they request him to go for a full exam and he goes into this full like hysterics, like hysteronics thing. And they're talking about how that's just like that's unlike him. And it's very like much like a woman and all this. I'm like, oh, my God, this is just like painful. <laughs> it really is. You should you should take the t- 22 minutes, half an hour, whatever it was to watch it. It, so it was a bad send off. Let's say, put it that way. <laughs> well, the whole the whole season, I mean, the whole show was this way. I mean, but the space seed. First off, oh, is Ricardo Montalban that dark? Oh, I forgot. Well, no, they were what? trying to say that he was a Sikh. So from India, Pakistan, that region. So they were kind of okay. like darkening him up, kind of in a way that would be considered offensive today. I forgot. Okay. The very last line in Turnabout Intruder as Kirk and Spock are walking away after everything's gone back to normal. The very last line in the entire series, her life could have been as full as in, as any woman's if only dot 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 dot. <laughs> wow. If only oh, she had wow. just stayed home where she belonged. Turnabout Intruder. Watch it. Anyway, you were saying Space wow. Seed. He's a Sikh and he's black. Not black, yes. but he's really dark. Yeah. So they darkened him. First of all, Ricardo Montalban was pretty buff. Mm-hmm. Yes. For the time. Was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was compared to Kirk. Yeah, right. So this is this is the point where I started really losing it and stopping and rewinding. When Kirk runs into the uh, the engine room and Khan is hiding around the corner and then does that little, I'm pinching your wrist so you must drop the gun. <laughs> and he reaches in front of him and crushes the gun in his hands. Yep. That gun was made of clay. <laughs> And not just like, oh, I think that gun was made of clay. That gun was smearing in Khan's hands <laughs> like you were. <laughs> but, what, what, but you didn't realize that his hands are actually 150 degrees and they just melt things and they turn them. Oh, okay. That's what that was. Well, and then. Oh, go ahead. Wait, Joel. Yeah, go ahead. Joel go ahead, go ahead. The fight scene. Exci- yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> what, what, what Even what watching, sitting there. Before we get to the fight scene, right okay. after breaking the gun, he turned around and did something. I don't remember what it was, like tried to do something else. And I remember thinking, you just snapped a gun in half, supposedly, and you can't do that? And I can't remember what it was, and I was going to cut So Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Mike. But, um, but no, the whole fight scene, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm watching with Sophie. And first off, Kirk tries his patented jump up on the fence and rub my groin in your face move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got his legs around Khan's neck. And then they flip over, and so she goes, that's not them. And, <laughs> was, and they didn't, at this point, they didn't even bother to try and hide it. No, there was yeah, no there's a, there's cool a camera on, angle. There, there's a couple full-on shots of the stunt double's face yeah, as he's running for yeah. Khan. Yeah. Well, they didn't expect then, to have 60-inch HDTVs. No, no, this is not even that. This is this guy looks absolutely nothing like William Shatner. This other guy looks nothing. This guy looks the other guy looks like a short Italian dude in a wig. I remember thinking he looked more like Bones than he. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh my god, I loved it so much when I was watching it. I'm like, holy crap! I can't wait to talk about this. And then oh yeah, was like, oh no, pipes, my only weakness. <laughs> Apparently, Khan's allergic to PVC. I thought it was I, a giant hand pump for a soap dispenser. It's. <laughs> 
<laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love I love Trek, but it was so bad. No, it was terrible. And then they and then at the at the trial of a guy who just committed treason, tried to take over his ship. Yeah, I'm just going to put you on a planet. Right. I'm just going to say, yeah, you're you are 72 of the most tactical minds from the past who have no problem with trying to take over a ship. I'm just going to leave you guys here with no problem. Yeah, just you, leave you. You, you caused the death fine. of I don't know how many people, but Owen, I'm going to yeah. drop all the charges. Oh, and MacGyver. And don't and don't you think the red light would come up at any moment when he's laying in bed and the first thing he asks for is, "Oh, do you have any technical manual, yeah, manuals yeah. I can look at?" <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Here you go. Here's the library of everything. <laughs> I oh. thought that was very odd. I really yeah. did. Yeah. And like, MacGyver. Yes. Oh, go ahead. You're an abused woman who's obviously in an abusive relationship, who's having difficulties. Um, why don't you go live with them? It's either that or be court-martialed. So you can either be here and go to jail for the rest of your life or be there and be beaten savagely. You know, there you go. Have fun. And she did end up dying. Yep, she got by eels. Anyway, you were saying, Josh, sorry. Oh, I don't know. Wasn't important. <laughs> by eels. But it was nice to watch it, though, because it, it tied everything together then with the, the Wrath Wait. of Khan. How did I miss the eels? Did you not watch Wrath of Khan? The movie? Everybody on the colony was killed by space eels. Oh, the same. Oh, space. Yeah, the same yeah, the thing that thing. Uh, okay. went into uh, Chekhov's ooh, ear. Ooh. Yeah. Creatures in our bodies. Exactly. Okay. Which is another thing I want to point out. What does Khan say to Chekhov when he sees him in the movie? Ah. He's like, you. I never forget to face. Which is amazing because Chekhov was not in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> he was I never nowhere to that, be found. He wasn't, was he? <laughs> no, he wasn't. That was another thing pointed out by my kids. So Katie was like, "Hey, how could he know him? He wasn't. We just watched that. He was not in that episode at all. That's there was funny. no, there was no checkoff. So just I never forget the face. Lucky, luckily for you, I've never seen yours. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you're not at risk of forgetting it. <laughs> all right, yeah. before we full on jump to the movies, let's at least do a quick rundown of the rest of Star Trek TV. Yeah. So after uh, the original series in 1966, in 73, the animated series came out. I watched two episodes. What'd you think? It was, Pat, you would really like it. Really? Because if you're high, it totally makes sense. Awesome. <laughs> I gotta check it's, it out then. It's basically, I mean, I took notes with everything I watched, like really detailed notes. But basically the show, what they did with the, the animated show was a stopgap between the end of the series and when they were going to do something else, which ended up being the movies. Because it was, uh, what, series ended in 69, the show started in 73, and the movie started, it was 80, or 79. Um Basically, anything they couldn't do on the show due to uh, special effects constraints or just complete ludicrousy. Is that a word? Ludicrousy? Um, They did on the the cartoon. The animation is pretty cool. I mean, it's fun to watch. I mean, from that perspective. And all the original voice actors are in the show. But, I mean, the very first episode I enjoyed, even though it was really campy. Um, and they had an alien at the helm, which was just weird. It kind of reminded me of C-Lab without the silly dialogue, C-Lab 2021. Right. And then the last episode, the final one from 1974, uh, they did the old trick where they turn all of them all into babies. <laughs> you know how they do that on, uh, as a foil on that shows. That's an old – wait. Where is that an old trick? On, on, when they run out of ideas on cartoons and stuff, like, oh, we'll make them all babies for this episode. Oh, it happens on okay. everything. But it's so campy. It, it's almost to the point of just being a caricature of itself. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's kind of a stopgap between the, the series and the movies. So, I mean, it, it's free to watch on Netflix. I would recommend checking it out if you're a fan at all. It's it's fun <laughs> for sure. All 
right. And did you realize the Star Trek was a Desilu production? Yeah. I did not know that. I didn't either. They bought it in like 68, I think. I love Lucy. Somewhere around there, yeah. All right, so after the animated series, there's a bunch of movies, but we're talking about TV right now, and uh, Star Trek returns to TV in 1989. No, not uh, 1987 with The Next Generation. And that's the one that I watched probably myself that I've watched. I'd say I've watched the most of that out of every Star Trek anything, not counting the movies, just talking about the TV shows. Me too. Seven seasons, yep. I have to say that out of all the Star Trek stuff, that's the one that I've watched the most of. Now, did you guys watch it from the beginning? Because I distinctly remember when I heard it was coming out that I made a point of sitting down and watching the pilot episode as soon as it aired. Well, I've already talked about when I came into Trek in general was several years into Next Gen. So, Yeah, I have not seen every episode, and I don't remember specifically seeing the, the premiere. I just, I just know I've seen a bunch of episodes. And I know that, that oh. Lieutenant Troy is one of the most annoying people in the world. <laughs> pain. So much pain. Yeah, I can I can sense that you're angry. Yeah, that's because he's shouting. <laughs> I met her. She's very tiny. Is well, she? she was back then. She's a very attractive woman, but what a horrible character. She like, was naked done, in... They did, what? <laughs> Wait, what? She was naked in Death Wish 3. Nice. Yep. But just anyway. ridiculous. Just a, just a stupid character that they could have done something with, and they never did anything with, really. Mike, uh, he's looking I, up. I'm her naked. I'm looking looking up naked. Oh. Yeah, you can't you can't mention yeah. naked woman. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I went to a you know Trek convention back in the day, probably about eighty nine. She was naked there. No, but I I met her and I got a signed picture of her, and I was just and totally floored by how incredibly small she was. It was very <laughs> weird. But the the wonderful thing about the new series is you had Q, which is still between that and the Borg is probably the best of the the newer Q creations. Is, I met Q once. Character. Q was awesome. I met, I met him once. Did you really? Yeah, Gen Con in back when I was in uh, still up in Milwaukee. Was he nice? Well, this is during my dark ages of the LARPing days, <clears throat> and I was in the elevator. It was an elevator of one of the hotels, and we jumped in there for a quick meeting about the game and turned around, and Q was standing there. And we're like, hey, Q, how you doing? He's like, hi, don't touch me. <laughs> Just, really? He's like, no, he didn't say oh. it, but his look at us was like, Awesome. I don't know what you guys are doing, you know, <laughs> because we had like having the conversation about the game and killing people and all that. And he oh. was just kind of like he was wearing a little golf hat and polo and nice guy. And, and he was and friendly. He was just kind of like, fear. <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of like, awesome. This is why I hope to get up to my room quick. <laughs> you know, at Gen Con, uh, one year, George Takei was there and he was exactly the opposite. Like it was hard for him to get to his official appearance because he kept stopping and talking to fans on the way. I could see that. Yeah, so, it just seems to be just an amazing person. Uh, yeah, the time I met him was very brief, but he seemed to be genuinely just an awesome guy. Yeah. Hello, Josh. <laughs> I'm George Decay. I can't do George Decay impression. I'm sorry. He's just one of those that people that you, just, you just never ever hear anything bad about. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> the only bad thing I've ever heard about George Decay, and and it's not even that bad, is how he at one point admitted that he didn't do all of the uh, updates for his Facebook page, and I'm trying to do his voice right now, and his Twitter. He had the ghostwriter that occasionally did updates for him. And it became this whole big hullabaloo. I'm like, dude, he's a busy if, if guy. Yeah, if that's the best you can come up with, I mean, the guy's doing pretty good. He, yeah. In in it, for me, he's one of my like favorite people on the planet. Like yeah, that's currently right. living. That's a celebrity anyway. Him and Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> 
anyway. you could have a pretty interesting time just on Twitter, just following Star Trek cast members. Mm-hmm. Brent yeah. Spiner's mm-hmm. Twitter is frequently just odd and amazing. Uh, I mean, Burton. Yeah. yeah to Go be ahead. on Star Trek, you have to not only be a great actor, you have to be a very intelligent person because there's a lot of hefty script <laughs> to go with. Well, you're, you're not, you're not also, just doing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You're doing, you know, talking about warp drives and alien, you know, infections and whatever. And have, you know, I mean, there's all. And that's the thing is when they did Next Generation, I'm pretty sure they warned all these people like, look, these fans are weird <laughs> and they're going to ask you some weird ass questions. So if you're in on this, you got to be ready for it. Oh, I like weird. Uh, 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 uh. He wasn't like that back then. <laughs> no. Then that yeah, show but, wasn't. But, like but that watching back some then. of these episodes, you're like, how did how did nobody know he was gay? <laughs> <laughs> well, which brings me to the naked time. <laughs> no, we're going oh, backwards. Nice, nice did, any, did, did any of you watch that episode? Nope. No. Shirtless George Takei running around the Enterprise with a rapier in his hand. I've, I've seen, seen it. Challenging, yeah. Oh, yeah. challenging people to duels. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's an. It that was just. An amazing uh, episode. <laughs> and another one that they remade, uh, the same virus uh, attacked the Next Generation crew in a uh, kind of throwback to the naked time. Uh, yeah, and they had this shirtless Deanna Troy running around with the sword. It, it was the second episode in the new series, actually. Yeah. After the encounter at Farpoint, it was the next episode they had, which I thought was funny. So moving past Next Generation, the next thing we have on television would be Deep Space Nine in 1993, which was a little controversial because there were allegations that the concept for DS9 was actually stolen from the Babylon 5 document that was submitted to Columbia Pictures. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And there are similarities between the shows all the way through the seasons. Well, it's a shame Babylon 5 didn't do any good when it was out there. Okay, I was are trying you, to be funny. I was going to say, are you trying to be funny there? Because <laughs> Damn it, Jim, what the hell is the matter with I you? I <laughs> never watched Babylon 5, but I have a... We've talked about this actually on the show before. I, I have a huge respect for the, the writers of that show. Yeah, I've never watched it. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's good. On, it's on the list, you know, but I haven't... List of things I need to watch. The list. Now, did anybody really... Well, I watched Deep Space Nine, not religiously, but I did pay attention periodically when it was on. That's actually an ongoing Netflix project of mine is catching up through all the seasons of Deep Space Nine. Every once in a while, I'll just uh, get a yen to watch, I don't know, three or four of them. Nice. So, like, somebody pays you in Japanese money? I was wondering if I was going to get away with that. Nope. Not on this show. What a shame you didn't get away with that. (laughs) You made a funny joke. I know, right? So, anyway. Should we be concerned about that at all? Well, I, I'm starting to like I'm, feel like we're peeling back the onion that is Joel's brain. Is what starting to... <laughs> see, I don't want to get to the middle. Oh, that's, just, that's Dr. No-No's. <laughs> oh, see? I really kid? don't want no. Just wait till the second half with my Janeway thing. It's coming. Oh, <laughs> well, it's a good thing that uh, we're not going to let Joel talk about Janeway in the second half because uh, Star Trek Voyager was in 1995, which was then. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Boiled again. Uh, honestly, I, I did not care for Voyager for many reasons. Uh, not just the wooden acting of the cast, but there were a few things that I think that some of the writers didn't understand some core Trek concepts. They were constantly doing stuff about them running out of food. But if you've got what? teleporter what? technology and you've got the ability to run replicators, you can't run out of food because of energy to matter transference. Right, that's just kind of yeah. Because future, 
Yeah. Which one? Okay, is that the one that had the the African American captain? No, no. Was Janeway. Which one was that? That was Janeway. Deep Space uh, Nine. I think he was Dutch. Well, which one had the? Which one had Deep Space Nine? Did yeah. He was a commander uh, okay. of a star uh, space station. Speaking okay. of which, if you guys yep, ever want to see a fun Trek documentary, watch the one about captains. It's all about just the captains uh, of the Enterprise, and he is a nut. I mean, like not like a, ha, 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 that guy's funny, but like a certifiably nut. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now, but... Like Carol holy, O'Connor? That kind of holy crap. I watched it, and I'm like, is this for real? He's totally nuts. And then Janeway ate Janeway. <laughs> now she's on Orange is the New Black. I never watched a single episode of Voyager ever. Me either. It just it wasn't very good. But Mike? but I remember Uki always talking about how Janeway was his favorite captain. Okay, you just answered your own question there. <laughs> you <laughs> answered a question with a question. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, that doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I have no interest in it to be honest. I, I really don't. I, out of all the series, it's the one I'm like me. All right. Well, then I guess on to the movies. Nope. All right. Yeah, I never. Enterprise. I didn't watch any Star Trek past uh, Next Generation. Oh, we're not talking about Enterprise now, or is that later? We That's Enterprise, Enterprise is later. Enterprise is two thousand one. Damn it. Ah. Okay. So the movies started with uh, the uh, motion picture in nineteen seventy nine, as we talked about in this weekend. And yes. the main thing about the movies is everyone talks about how the odd numbered ones are bad and the even numbered ones are good. And uh, this started with the original motion picture being just a little dull. Approximately and 40 minutes of watching space. Yeah. Long. We went to the movies. Yes. We went to the movies to see this. So did we. As opposed to yeah. going to the. Well, live as, Broadway performance. And I, yeah. I remember well, as a no, that was you, Joel. I remember as a seven-year-old being very bored during this movie. <laughs> it was yeah. like your close encounters. Story. <laughs> Damn. Boring. And the other thing I remember Long. about this movie was a bald chick. Yes, the, thank you. Those are the two things I remember about this movie. That and it took forever for Kirk to just say Voyager. Because yep. he, he was wiping off things. V? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Whoa. And that point in there, I'm like Voyager. An interesting, uh, interesting. Going back to the bald chick real quick. Mm-hmm. She she was so like that actress was so scared about shaving her head. Uh, she made the production ensure her hair in case it didn't grow back. No way, uh, really? Yep. Yeah, I heard about that. Yep. You know, the only thing I remember about Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and I was kind of bummed that we didn't watch it because I was curious to see if it was as bad as everybody says, as far as like being slow paced and all that. Is the action figures? I, I I had action figures from the movie. I think it was this one. I'm almost sure it was the first one because I remember having one of the bald girls, <laughs> one of the bald girl, I should say. Um, and I liked the toys, the, the the action figures, but I I don't think I ever saw the movie. At least not that I remember. Ironically enough. All right. Then uh, we all watched Wrath of Khan, uh, yeah. widely regarded as the best of the original Trek movies. Yes, I have to agree with that because. Mm-hmm. Ricardo, Ricardo Monteblanc comes back big in this one. I mean, they do also carry over all the names of his cohorts in it. Yes. So it's like everybody he's talking about, like the the um, the lead singer or the uh, the guy. They, yes. His crew look like the extras from Flash. the Duran Duran uh, Wild like Boys oh, video. Wild Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wild Boys. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, that's much. I thought they were Flash Gordon extras, but the Wild Boys video is definitely. Better. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! 
No, that's something else. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't Wild Boys at all. Wild Boys, Wild Boys. That was Jungle. What, uh, Jungle, uh, oh, what is oh, that? That's Tarzan Ball. Tarzan Ball, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, which wasn't by Duran Duran. No, okay. not at all. Did not feature. Okay, I'm just getting Kimmy cast of Star the... Trek 2. Wild Boys. Yeah. Wild Boys, Wild Boys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The one where they almost killed Simon. Le Bon. They almost killed him. Yeah. yeah. At one point, really? that, that you know that thing that he was uh, that that they had all four of them strapped to that was uh, one going around in the water wheel and they would get dunked. At one point, it, it malfunctioned and he got stuck upside down in the water and almost drowned. Yikes! Wow. Yeah. Did they ever say maybe just let's take him off the thing <laughs> or, or let's just you know yeah not dunk him underwater? At least his hair didn't yeah. catch on fire. No, they left that for Michael. So, did, how many of us saw this Wrath of Khan in the theater? Nope, I did. Did you freak out on the ear, th- ear thing? Oh scene? my god, yeah, that haunted <laughs> me as a as a young person for like a long time. Yeah, nightmares for that. Mm-hmm. So naturally, watched it on uh, Netflix with the kids sitting there. It's like, oh, <laughs> hey, Sophie, you should leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? What's going? Don't ask. Just go in the other room. I mean, just, you don't make me a the shot. Look, the actors did a great job because the looks on their faces when 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 they put their helmets back on them with the bugs in them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because I'm just sitting there going, yeah, that's about how I think I'd be acting, too. <laughs> and I have to say, as a whole, the effects for 1983, yeah. or 1982, sorry, were were fantastic. Yeah. They did a really good job with the effects. I mean, all the way down to the being in the space nebula, and it's just, let's just throw a whole bunch of smoke around the room and have somebody run around with a uh, with a strobe light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did. You can tell. I mean, you can tell it's miniatures, right. but there is a such a charm to that type of practical effect that I I was loving it the entire time I was watching the movie and Khan getting his face all burned up too. That <sighs> did anybody it's, notice that Doctor McCoy at the beginning of the movie was kind of turning into the bartender bit from the cage, where he's kind of like you tell your bartender what you wouldn't tell your doctor. Oh, vice yeah. Versa. oh yeah, and then all of a sudden McCoy gets smarmy and he's like to offering him, "Hey, would you need a tranquilizer?" You know, like he's he's like the good the doctor feel good all of a sudden. And <laughs> granted, McCoy has always been my favorite character of the series. Bones has been hands down my favorite of the old series. So and here he's kind of starting to get his own into his own character, and this is I think kind of where they got the template for the way that Carl Urban was going to play him in the movies. You know, where he's real smart ass and just the the doctor you'd really want to have, you know, on the ship. They're not laughing. I know. No, oh, and he has to be the one that, you know, I mean, he has to be the good, the foil for Jim, the one to call him on his, all his bullshit, too. You know, he's the one that kind of humbles Kirk. Yeah. Yep. Damn it, Jim. What the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's and even even the kids commented on this one that those two, I think the interaction between Bones and Kirk is better than the interaction between Kirk and Spock. Well, they're taking the relationship in a very different direction in order to set up the end of the movie, which uh, we'll see that how they parallel, uh, paralleled it in the alternate universe for the Star Trek reboots. Mm-hmm. So after that, search for Spock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's basically, right before we go to the break, just run down, search for Spock, then 86, The Voyage Home. We got uh, 89, The Final Frontier, 91, The Undiscovered Country. Canada. And uh, that pretty much closes off the original Trek before we start to get into the next generation movies. What was it with the, the whales and, and Spock wearing the headgear and double dumbass I, on you? I love that. <laughs> I don't care what people, you know, a lot I of don't, people 
rip on that movie. I think it, I enjoy that movie quite a bit. And I love Scotty in that one. Captain, there be whales here. <laughs> I don't hate it. It just, it was so, I mean, I saw that one or in the when, theater. Or, just, just the, or the, when he picks up the mouse and he's, hello, computer. Yeah, computer. <laughs> No, use the mouse and he picks that up. Computer. (laughs) We're sending sending the the irony of sending the Russian guy to ask about nuclear missiles. Nuclear. (laughs) Looking for the nuclear ships. The nuclear nuclear vessels. vessels. Why are you saying it like that? Uh, Saying what? What way? Vessels. (laughs) Say whip. Whip. I mean, I yeah, it, it is. It is definitely, definitely the most or the least serious out of all the movies. But I mean, for, for that reason, that, that's probably my, why it's my favorite. It is 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 the least serious, but it is the most fun. Yeah, everybody remember where we parked. <laughs> we forgot the Nazi uh, Star Trek episode with Kirk. <gasps> that is oh, a good God. one. That's that's one of the the ones that reminds me of the the holodeck episodes that they did in Next Generation. Yeah, be the closest comparison was that. Sure. Yeah, which is a great episode. I just wanted to mention it because as we were getting re- ready to go, I was th- I just remembered it. Yeah, that is a really good episode. And I, I got to go back and watch that one. I don't know how you guys feel about Generations, First Contact, and Insurrections. Uh, or insurrection. I personally didn't care for any of the '90s Star Wars, uh, Star Trek movies. <laughs> Star Wars, Jesus. That's okay. I didn't yeah. care for any of those either. I I've seen them all and I enjoyed them, but not nearly as much as I like the original series ones. And mm-hmm. I also thought they did a, I mean, you know, uh, spoiler alert for whatever you know, but you know, they did a disservice by killing off James T. Kirk the way they did. It was, uh, yeah. it, was it was just a little too. It was it was the sacrifice did not equal the gain in my in my eyes. Sure, he was sacrificed himself for a planet, one planet that had people on it we didn't know or care about. Exactly, and for the for the series regulars and fans, that was just like you know slap in the face. You know, I mean, make him choose between you know his life and Spock's or his life and McCoy's or whatever. Something 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 that is a vested interest and makes everybody feel you know you know the right thing happened. We lost a guy for a good reason. You know, we're losing him for a, a planet full of people you don't even know. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I liked Generations, personally. Um, I thought, I think First Contact, that's the one with the Borg? Or is that Insurrection? No, First, First Contact, Contact is the one with uh, the guy from... Oh. For, no, First isn't first Contact is the guy from uh, That'll Do Pig making a spaceship. Yeah, that's James right. James Cromwell? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's the I, first warp drive. I liked, I mean, I liked the movies, personally, but oh, my, but... my mom... Um, is a huge fan of uh, she's she's got a thing for Patrick Stewart, so you know she it loves the Next Generation. So you know all those I've seen because of her. So I have a little bit maybe different connection with them because of that. So I liked them personally. All right, so are we ready to take a break after the long uh, then before a comparatively shorter now? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. All right, so after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Trek, a little bit in TV, but mostly about the J.J. Abrams reboot. Yes. Okay. And welcome back. Hello. (laughs) We're back. Oh, we're back now. We're back now. Hey, Joel, are you back? I'm back. Welcome back. Oh, that was the first part. Yeah, but that's. We'll try not to bring it up, really. But now that you have, what hump? <laughs> we are on the so now are, for Star Trek. We are. We are on the now for Star Trek. So and, we're uh, loosely defining now as after the year two thousand, because otherwise, if we, if we didn't, we'd have one movie for the now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which pretty much where is where everything falls into well, for the now for us sometimes. But the first J.J. So. Abrams was 19, 2009. Unless it's two. a Santa Claus, in which case it's entire decade away from where now is. Yeah. Because, I don't know, time. <laughs> <laughs> Calendars are hard. Why am I taking guff for this from myself when you assholes didn't even bring it up either? I, I don't know. I could make fun of you about math or something if it make you feel better. So Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek 2001 Enterprise premiered in the U.S. The TV show? Yes. That was the one where Scott Bakula played uh, the first ever captain of a starship. They did it. It was like a um, prequel. Oh, I watched it. I've seen a couple episodes of it. My my parents tried to watch it, and I think my dad gave it more of a chance than my mom did. My mom gave up on it, even though she's a big Scott Bakula fan. See, that's, that's why I watched, I watched it. Yeah, I thought he was one of the best captains, but the problem is, is the writing was just goddamn boring. I couldn't figure out when he was going to jump back. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He kept waiting for, what's it, Ziggy to show up? Al. I'm waiting for Ziggy to, yeah, Al, Al, Al. to show up. <laughs> and Ziggy. So, never, I, and honestly, after... After uh, Next Generation, I watched occasional movies, never went to the theater to see it and would rent them, but I never, that's after my, my Star Trek thing ended after that. See, I was all geeked because I, I really was a huge Quantum Leap fan. And so I'm like, Scott Bakula, damn nice in a Star Trek. I'm like, I love Star Trek too. It's like a great mashup. And I watched the first like five episodes maybe and then I tuned out. Yeah, this was the second time for me of them casting Scott Bakula for something I thought he was going to be perfect in, and then just the writing completely let me down. He was also in an adaptation of uh, The Last Illusion. Oh, God. Oh, I thought you were talking about Unnecessary Roughness. No, no, I was talking about the movie Lord of Illusions, uh, which was based on a very, very good Clive Barker short story slash novella. And uh, he was perfect casting for the main character in that, just like he was perfect Star Trek captain. They both were just bad. Oh, yeah. Lord of Illusions Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula is one of those actors that he can be great if he has a good script. He can't pull something out of nothing. He was the best part of The Color of Night. Never saw it. Me either. I Bruce don't Willis is naked in it. I'm waiting for Mike to go look it up. No, no, Way you just lost me. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, un- that was very unprofessional. Anyway. Wait, that was really unprofessional? <laughs> Could have been worse. <laughs> you obviously have not been paying attention. So obviously uh, none of us watched Enterprise to any extent. The only no, other thing yeah. I have to say about it is it is unique in that it is the only one of the Star Trek television shows which actually just has a terrible theme song. <laughs> I don't remember it. I, don't yeah. I wish you had said that earlier. I would have queued it yeah, up. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. Uh, it's just pretty bad. I think you should go ahead and put that on our page. <laughs> Yeah, if I recall right, it's this world music thing. Ooh, I hate it already then. Like, boom, chicka, boom, boom, Like that? No. Okay. Obviously, you've never heard world music. <laughs> Dude, that was totally world music. I, I know. I can't make him like it. <laughs> you know what? It, I think I think he basically, the, the person that, that Joel wanted to like come in as a guest tonight, I think he pretty much just has him like tied and bound at his feet, and he's just talking to him. That's what I'm afraid has happened. That's not true. <laughs> do we do we need to send the cops to your house? <laughs> no. Yes. 
Actually, I, I just queued it up on YouTube, and it almost more sounds like a really weird power ballad. <laughs> now, you, oh, now you've got me. Now we got to play it. We oh, can't. you know what? Now I kind of remember it when you say, like, a, yeah, I remember it. there was like a like a haunting sound to it or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah I kind of remember that now. Not, not that kind of haunting. Oh. Different kind of haunting. Rawr. Yeah, it's it's like a striper song. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, then Joel, Joel should love it. <laughs> I own the soundtrack. That's not true. Yes, you do. All right, so are we ready to move on to the J.J. Uh, Abrams? For it. Oh, there we go. Getting from there to here. Are you fucking me? This is exact. This is it? Yeah. yeah. And, and that was like, you know, as, as like a little like, dreamy montage was playing over the screen. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it on YouTube and I'm, 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 I'm. See, this is why I don't remember because this is where I turned it off. See, that's a song that Lee Greenwood wrote, I bet. That's terrible. Stop that. Stop. Either, I know. Either, wow. either Lee Greenwood or Richard Marks wrote that. I'm not sure which <laughs> one. They might, have, they might have collaborated. Trust. Lee Marks would. <laughs> Richard Lee Green Marks. <laughs> he was a serial killer, I believe, in Seattle. Stop dissing on Striper. <laughs> I shall never stop dissing on Striper. Yeah, you're asking the impossible, man. I like this, Striper, and I started show, the Striper hate. This show is anti Striper. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> after the, Nemesis comes out in 2002, which was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. 2009, Star Trek comes out. Lens flares. A reboot. Lens flare. R2D2 floating in the corner. I didn't even really notice the lens flares until somebody pointed it out. And then, like, on the second time I watched it, when I saw it on cable or whatever, I, then I noticed it. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Why did they point it out? Uh-uh. Yeah, did you did you see R two D two in it? No. Yeah, was he a feature player? Well, no, one of those he was where like, they, like a... had a spray painted one and stuck him on a ship or something. No, in the very beginning, there's one of those scenes where he it's they're looking at the screen of all the carnage and the destroyed ships when they get to the where the giant mining ship is at in the very beginning. Yeah. In the lower left hand corner of one of the screens, R two D two just floats right through the screen. <laughs> so. All right, so we've got Star Trek, which, as we said, came out in 2009, was uh, written by Roberto Orsi, uh, Alex Kurtzman, directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, Pretty decent cast here. We've got, of course, Chris Pine as Kirk, Zachary Quinto as Spock, uh, Leonard Nimoy is returning uh, as also Spock. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carl Urban as Bones, Zoe Saldana as Uhura, Simon Pegg uh, as Scotty, John Cho as Sulu, and Anton Yelchin as Chekhov. And that is a really good cast, and I honestly think, even though he's still pretty decent, the weakest link in that is uh, is the guy who plays Chekhov, because out of everybody, he's the one that, to, to me, the most feels like he's almost doing an imitation of the character he's trying to play instead of just playing the character. Everybody That's else fair. feels, you know, everybody else feels like they're they're pretty true to the character, and he just almost feels like a caricature of the character to me. Maybe it's just something he has to like, kind of get com- more comfortable with. Well, maybe I don't know. He he was okay, but he wasn't like. It's not like John Cho was a huge. I'm sorry, well, I mean, I'm, nit- I'm nitpicking because honestly, he's not. I mean, he's not bad <laughs> by any stretch. You know, I just. I mean, if I, if I had if I had to pick any one weak spot, I'd say that's him. Everybody else, I you know, I, I really like in their roles. 
I I'm going to I'm one going to say this that I think all of you need to agree with that Carl Urban is amazing as both. Oh hell yeah, he is. I already he said that earlier. Occasionally chews the scenery a little bit, but I don't think he's bad by any means. Right, I, I agree with that. For the most part, I think uh, he's doing just a, a dead-on interpretation of the Forrest Kelly. Forrest Kelly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other note about the casting on this movie is this was the f- uh, widescreen film debut of Chris Helmsworth, uh, best known as Thor later. So really, yeah, just, really, just a, just a Helmsman or something? No, he was George Kirk. Oh, that's right. He oh. was uh, in the very beginning. Yep, the brother. The huh. brother? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was him. Yep. Oh, very nice. I thought that was Ving Rhames. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't don't go. D- I've been down this road with him before. Don't go down this road. You don't want to. You don't want to wind up where yeah, I wound up. He constantly thinks people are Ving Rhames. He thought Ving Rhames came to his house the other day. Yeah, this is like are that time when Ving Rhames asked to use your bathroom. <laughs> I've never been able to flush it right since. Oh, I was hoping you'd carry on with that. The one. Goonies I reference, I, I yeah. Got it. Oh, that was a Goonie. Oh, I didn't. Uh, no, but his Sorry. sister did. I didn't get it. So. Sorry. You know, okay. And in, in the whole um, original Star Trek, yes. Winona Ryder. Yes, it's Amanda Grissom, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Surprised to see her there. I mean, she had a real small part. I mean, not small part, but I mean, she had a very small, uh, very little screen time. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder is not a bad actress as long as you don't give her period pieces. Or leave her alone in a jewelry store. <laughs> that's not acting. That's real life. <laughs> oh, right. Well, there you go. Uh, one of the things I really liked about this is how they decided they were going to do the reboot with a link to the original to say both the original and the new universe they're going to create are both true. Uh, they have their little time displacement parallel universe where certain specific events have been changed and because of, like Patrick was saying earlier, the butterfly effect, now uh, major events in the Star Trek universe we know are going to be changed. For instance, uh, well, do we need to worry about spoilers? Not at this point. I, I think if someone's uh, hung out with us for this long, they're they're in it for the long no, haul. No, I'm talking about for the for Into Darkness. Oh, no, I don't think no. so. Yeah, I think Josh is right. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, so much so that... They've they've switched out the Spock and the Kirk death in the you know, radiation chamber. Yeah, yeah, which which was very cool. Yeah, I mean they, that scene was was really well done. I mean I got I teared up a little bit. They, they they did a really good job with it. Yeah, we took the kids to go see that, and they couldn't. When that happened, they couldn't figure out why Suzanne and I were so distressed. Yeah, <laughs> it was like. Yeah, if you're really invested in the storyline at that point, and you know the characters well enough, yeah, I mean that's it's a really it's a really well well done scene. Yeah, I mean, the, and, and the first movie and, too. I mean, when they, when they did it in Wrath of Khan, it was it was well done too. Yeah, it was. I mean that, but then you you know that whole the death of one of the friends is always a good trope. Yeah, for it. But when they when they put the twist on it, the follow up of Spock just going batshit fighting was very good too okay yeah. so we're pretty much officially moving to last year's into darkness <laughs> which yeah, i guess we are yeah which is fine yeah. uh this basically in some ways is a remake of wrath of khan despite during the uh promotional phase for this movie the big mystery over who the villain was going to be uh we knew it was going to be played by benedict cumberbatch and from the beginning they're like it's not khan and well, it's Khan. Because <laughs> why wouldn't yeah. it be? Because honestly, this is one of the reasons why I was glad we decided to stick with like the kind of the focus on the Khan of Star Trek. Because he is a great villain. I mean, it's just 
no matter who plays him, even though they got two great actors in both you know both times, no matter who plays him, it's a great villain. You got, I mean, he's basically a superhero without the without the unlimited you know you can't touch this kind of you know do, 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 do. of of being an actual superhero. I mean, he's just you know the whole you know eugenically superior human being. I mean, that's a, you know, and so he's smarter and faster and stronger and, you know, better tactician and all this kind of stuff. Makes for- but enough about Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> 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 it's weird faces. But it makes for yeah, a he, villain, though. I mean, really. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing is like Benedict Cumberbatch also, I think he played more towards the TV show version of maybe not the misogynist, but the uh, attitude of Khan in the from the TV show, uh, that episode, um, Space, Space seed. seed, yeah. Although I don't yeah, think it, the well, Benedict Cumberbatch version would have been destroyed by a pipe. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. No. But I think he he did have that attitude in like in the in, when they're asking you know Khan Spock. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Try this again. When Kirk comes to Khan <laughs> and and he's like, I have a couple questions for you, and he's like, No, I have a couple questions for you. You know, and turns it around. It's that kind of like cocky. I know I'm better than you. Attitude that he has in the whole movie. And he pulls it off really good. Yeah, yeah he yeah. reminded me of Loki in the Avengers. Yeah, the kind, the, yeah, the, the kind of you know character that that makes the movie honestly. Because if you have a weak villain, it doesn't matter how good your your you know your your good guys are. If they're fighting against you know Horshack, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and in, in uh, both that whole movie just rewrote itself <laughs> in my head, and it's amazing. <laughs> In both movies, you've got a villain who's trapped by the heroes, and the audience knows that he's there because it's exactly where he wants to be. Yeah. See, and that's what I kept finding myself mm-hmm. doing during Into Darkness is the way he played the character versus Wrath of Khan. I kept thinking every every single move he made, I kept thinking he's got two or three steps ahead of what's happening. They just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. And, and, it was also, again, just like Loki. Yeah. It was also mm-hmm. a nice callback to the space seed. As soon as I heard the specific number of the uh, torpedoes, I knew exactly what was inside them. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I turned to Sarah while we were watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, his people are in there. Because, yeah, this, the number of torpedoes was the same number of people who was uh, res- who were resurrected on the ship in Space Seed. Botany Bay. Yeah. Speaking, the, yeah. Yeah, Botany Bay, yeah. Botany Bay. Speaking of the, the photon torpedoes, there's a great line in the movie where I, I literally like lost my shit when Bones is like, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a torpedo tech. I'm like, yeah. what? That, that, that was a little bit of a stretch. When, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was some clunky writing. I and they had a triple. They yes. had a triple. They did not try to eat it, however. No, and they had lens flares. <laughs> but did it have puss puss? <laughs> and they also poked fun at themselves when um, Kirk's like, he's like, all right, check off. You need to put on a red shirt and come with me or whatever. And he's look, he looks like, I, I don't want to put on a red shirt. You know, I know what happens to those guys. Red, red shirt equals death. <laughs> right. Star Trek has puss puss. <laughs> Oh, geez. I got a title. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yes, that's just, that's the title of the episode. I hope so. that's the title of the episode. Star Trek has puss puss. I figure we'll get a lot of hits off that. Does one. Star Trek have puss puss? <laughs> and I mentioned earlier that I thought that Chris Pine, you know, played the character, especially in this one, as a hybrid of Kirk and Pike from the original series. And I thought it was a nice way that they tied the ending together to technically the beginning of the show, where he's given the whole line about space, the final frontier. Yeah, right. that whole bit. Although I did, I did in my head go, well, that really honestly makes for a excellent TV show intro, but a horrible captain's outro. 
<laughs> no, like a horrible cat. What, what did he call it? the captain's mantra or whatever? The captain's speech. Like, yeah, that doesn't make doesn't make any sense as a captain's own. It's yeah, great as an intro though. It did. I I remember when we got to that scene in the movie, and my wife was making faces because it did seem a little forced. Yeah, like just like making faces at each other, and it was forced because yeah, of that. I'm forcing faces. Yeah. Forcing faces. Yes. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> band. <laughs> that wouldn't be a punk rock band though. That'd be more like a. College yeah, radio? <laughs> yeah. Right, an indie, indie band. <laughs> Is it time for my Janeway bit yet? No. Shut up. Yeah, la- later. Okay. All right. That'll that'll be in the extras. We'll have to Easter egg that on the site somewhere. Okay. Michael say it's about that time and disconnect you again. This is good radio, folks. I always well, forget so. it. <laughs> I always forget about doing that at the appropriate time to make Joel laugh. I, I just forget about it. <laughs> so, let's take Star Trek as a whole. Your favorite race. Oh. Joel, you are exempt from this question. You fucking exist. <laughs> He's a, the whites. <laughs> oh, jeez. I am not. God, you suck. All of you. <laughs> I would have. I I don't know. I, that's a, I asked that question. I don't even know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> Good one, Pat. What's the name of the aliens with have little dealy boppers up on their heads? They have little yeah. suction cups on sticks. I know what you're talking about. Uh, heck, they, they're highly technically advanced. They've got like white hair and they've got two traditional yeah. alien like <clears throat> tentacle things. Oh, yeah. What are I, those called? I should and know that. Ham- <laughs> I don't remember. List of Star Trek races. Wikipedia. Oh boy. Uh, there's no pictures. Oh boy, toys. Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. What? No, that's our turtle show. Um, uh, they are the Andorians. Andorians. I like Andorians. Hmm. All right. Especially Lady Andorians. <laughs> I would yeah. have to go with the Vulcans myself. Joel, do you have one? Uh, hold on. I'm trying to. Loatians. I'm trying to see if I can figure out what they're called. Uh, I'm good. The space mobsters. Oh, Gentiles. That's what, that's what you're looking for. Gentiles? That's what Joel's looking for. <laughs> oh, God. You suck, Pat. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to... I thought about saying Ferengi, because I do like the uh, stories that come out of the Ferengi, but I've always had a special place in my heart for a very, very minor race uh, in the Star Trek universe. Uh, the Nausicans. Which ones are they? Uh, they are most well known as being. They look kind of like the Predator from the Predator movies. Uh, they're these gigantic, burly, predator-looking things with gigantic, like heavy metal hair. And uh, a Nausicaan is a member of the race that stabbed Picard through the heart. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it, when we did Star Trek, uh, the uh, tabletop RPG. I actually was the uh, captain, and I was playing a Nausicaan. We were yeah. kind of a uh, group of renegades and outcasts for one reason or another. We had been disgraced in various missions, or I got into Starfleet in general by bribing my way in. Your ragtag group of scallywags? Yeah, basically. Yeah. In in the Enterprise, they had Zerillians, were female lizards that had nipples on their wrists. Yeah, that's the okay, thing. Okay, I changed my favorite race now. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I can get to second base with a handshake, I'm in. There's another reason why I didn't watch Enterprise. <laughs> All right. Well, what about you, the Gorn? 
Nobody oh, the likes big, the Gorn. The big yeah. lizard monster? Yeah, that yeah, Kirk there's only one, yeah, there's only one of them. The Gorn. Da, 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 he's da, not, da, he's da, not a the Gorn. Oh, that's, that's why you like it, because it's the last of its kind, huh? <laughs> And once there's only one in, one to wipe out that then. guy anymore. That race I guess is I'll gone. just hang up on myself then. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, what's your favorite race in Star Trek? I just said it. Shut your assholes. The Gorn. That that is Gorn. your favorite race? Sure, why not? Because I can't think of anything else, so shut up. You suck. So no one's taking Klingons, huh? No. Yeah, I thought somebody would take Klingons. No? I mean they're they're pretty cool, but I, I don't know. Favorite captain. Picard. 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 Pat, Kirk. Oh, it's tough. It's, 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 very voice. Very it's tough, but I gotta go with Kirk. Pat has to go it's, with it's he, Kirk. He had the swagger and the charisma and the ladies, and you know I can respect that. But but Picard has hit level one thousand. <laughs> Picard. The problem with Picard is. I don't know what is, is is Picard and what is just Patrick Stewart because does it matter? And no, no, because Patrick Stewart is just so cool. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, Shatner, you know, is kind of cheesy and campy, and and he, you know, sometimes he kind of can over, you know, can overshoot that with Kirk. But I mean, Patrick Stewart, Picard is never going to be cooler than Patrick Stewart is. Ah, that's probably true. Yeah. So I mean, there's just too much of Patrick Stewart in Picard because Patrick Stewart's just an awesome individual. So that's just my take. So I think I like Kirk better. All right, we will let that stand. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> You'll let my opinion live. Yeah, I suppose we're letting the racist go. We might as well let that one stand. <laughs> Love you, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite character? Did everybody? Yeah, everybody said. Everybody said. Okay, yeah. Favorite Captain, character? Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, from the original series, Bones is my favorite character. From uh, of the later series, uh, I mean, of the main people, um, I Doctor Crusher, and uh, of like sidebar characters, I've I said uh, on the last episode, Kifas Fajo, played by Saul Rubinek. Oh yeah, Kifas yeah. Fajo. He's kind of like the collector guy. I love Kifas Fajo. Huh. What was he on? He was on Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. No, but yeah. which which version? The original. <laughs> uh, next next, crispy. next, next generation. generation. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say they were. He's, uh, he's way too young for the original. Uh, I thought I, I had the. I had a thing up about it, and I seem to have closed the window. Good move, Joel. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, right, click and, right click and re- reopen close tab. Uh, here he is. Kifas Fajo was a Zybalian trader in the 24th century. He owned a trade ship called the Jovis, and he had a collection of items. Yeah, he was just a big collector. Well, he, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of similar to one of my favorite tertiary characters. If we're you know, um, Mud Henry Mud. Oh, I, mm. I like him a lot. He because he was just a, such a fun character. But if I had to go, with, if I have to go with like a main character, like a um, um, uh, I would probably. Oh shoot, I don't know. Um, it might be Data. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Trying to date him, but work. but I I mean if if I'm allowed to pick from the bad guys, it would it would probably be Khan if he wasn't so misogynistic. But <laughs> um, I if I had if if I could pick somebody that's like not like just strictly like you know um bound to the Federation or whatever, I would probably pick Q as my favorite. Hmm. I think uh, I can, and I'll be surprised if any of the three of you have actually heard of my favorite character through all of Star Trek. Uh, his name is Elim Garrick. 
Nope. Okay. Okay. Ellen, uh, he's a Cardassian. He was uh, in all seven seasons of Deep Space Nine. Shut up, Pat. Um, I just imagine that he has a giant ass as well. No, I mean, the Cardassians, if you've uh, seen the Deep Space Nine, they are the main antagonist of the that series, and they are featured pretty heavily in Voyager as well. They uh, enslaved the Bajorans. Goldicott uh, was a warlord. At one point, he even captured Picard, if I recall, in the episode where it's like, there are three lights. Those were the Cardassians. Uh, Elam Garrick, despite being part of the hated race who uh, enslaved the good guy population of the local planet where Deep Space Nine is stationed, he was basically uh, deep cover, a spy within the Cardassian uh, military, but he does not like Goldicott. And everyone knows he's a spy. No one trusts him. But what they don't realize is, yeah, he's a spy, but he's not a big fan of the Cardassian government. So he ends up befriending several of the characters and becomes pivotal despite not being a main season cast in uh, any of the seasons of Deep Space Nine. He is one of the largest non-main cast. And just the fact that he is like this black ops kind of smarmy but everyone knows they can't trust him but he knows he knows that everyone knows that and uses that to his advantage and he's actually not a bad guy when you get all the way down to it he's kind of like a a, a little finger with a heart of gold yeah in some ways you could say that so yeah i think josh just nerded all over things (laughs) Uh, he's actually one of the best reasons to just sit down and watch deep space nine like his character development uh throughout the seven seasons He was played by Andrew J. Robinson. Yeah, all of the Cardassians kind of look alike. At least the males do. They've got the gray skin. They've got ridges. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's Joel's place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well done. That was good. How about you, Mike? Uh, Favorite character? I gotta say Scotty. Really? The original. Yeah. Just because, I mean... (laughs) He's, they have all this stuff going on. I've always pictured it like, like there's stuff going on on the bridge. They're jumping back and forth, getting knocked around. That's fine. But you never see, you only see Scotty like on the communicator. You never see him like trying to rein in the engine from exploding. You never see him. I always have this vision in my head of him trying to keep the whole damn ship from exploding every damn episode. And all he can do is on his back going, hey, give me five minutes. Yeah. You don't have five minutes. Yeah. And then the phone, it's like, and then the phone rings. <laughs> God damn it! It's, well, it's going to be Kirk. Stop calling me, Jim. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm waiting for. I wish there was one episode where he would just like flip out on Kirk. <laughs> right. What do you think I'm doing down here? <laughs> you, like, you and all these maneuvers you're making are not helping the situation. <laughs> I've, that's just the vision. And plus, that whole scene in the movie with the whales, with where he teaches the you know teaches the one guy how how to make a transparent aluminum. Mm-hmm. Oh, how do we know hasn't the aluminum hasn't been discovered? It. Ah, but how do we know he wasn't the one to do it? <laughs> like, oh, well, there we go. You know, it's like he's and he's a great guy. All the stuff I've read about yeah, him you, has I, been. I was going to say, have you heard about James Doohan himself? Yeah, he I mean, I've, I, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Let me let me. He, so, he, won, Joel, he won like uh, several Purple Hearts and other medals. Um, he like single handedly took out a sniper nest or something. You know, and lo- he ended up losing a finger on his right hand. I think. Yeah, he, he was in the Royal Canadian Artillery. Uh, he, it's, I mean, it's, he was, he, he seems to me like one of those guys who it's the, don't shoot him. You'll just make him angry. <laughs> yeah. You would like him when <laughs> he's angry. 
Yeah, he was okay. Here it is. He was led his men to higher ground. He led his men through a field of anti-tank mines. They took defensive positions, and then they crossed between posts. And he was hit by six rounds from a Bren gun by a nervous Canadian sentry. Four in his leg, one in the chest, and one through his right middle finger. Ouch. And his the bullet to his chest was stopped by a silver cigarette case given to him by his brother. Damn! Wow. Yeah. So, and that's these cigarettes you know, save lives. <laughs> yes, occasionally. So that's my yeah. Opinion. Before we move on from favorite characters, I'd like to nominate a uh, honorable mention to T'Pol, uh, played by Jolene oh, Blaylock for <laughs> best naked Vulcan. Yes, pretty Seconded. much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the only reason to watch Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. The first officer, babelicious. Enterprise Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost Mike again. <laughs> I forgot. I said naked. Yep. Dumpkey. Oh, and yeah, we uh, brought him back. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, and then the ever, oh boy, ever present question among nerds: Star oh. Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. <sighs> Excuse me. As much as I love Star Trek, and I grew up on Star Trek, it's Star Wars. I, I'm sorry. I have you now. Of course, it's Star Wars. Yeah, and as much as the writing is just better on Star Trek overall, and as much as the effects are better for the most part, and the storylines and so on and so forth, and the acting and everything, I still got to go with Star Wars. It's 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 ingrained it's in my Star Wars. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. You were trying to be the dissenting voice as hard <laughs> as possible, <laughs> and I can't do it. I can't turn against He's Star Wars. Trying to talk himself what, out of it. I don't care how George Lucas tries to fuck my childhood in the ass. I can't turn on Star Wars. Was it was it um, Kevin Smith that did, this, that did the whole thing about Star Wars and Star Trek? How Star Trek is all clean and yeah. pretty, and Star Wars is dirty and rugged. And that's I think just that Star Wars has got that feel Star to it. Star Trek is it, almost more about the um, the the life, the utopia, really, and and the rules and the and and the sticking, you know, and and keeping everything in order, and Star Wars is just more about the story itself and the characters. And you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's Star Wars is more about the good versus evil, whereas Star Trek is more about trying to keep things neutral and keep the world in balance and keep the universe in balance and all that stuff. Star Wars is just a you know, it's it's a straight well, good versus evil cowboy you know type movie. Well, it's yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say well because it's like in Star Trek you have the good guys are the I just forgot the word. <laughs> The, help me, Pat. Say I wasn't even listening. The, you, no, the, the the good guys in Star Trek. The they're the, the they're the yeah, Federation. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Who are the good Who are the good guys in Star Wars? The rebels. The, the rebels. rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you want to be a Federation or do you want to be a rebel? Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, that was. Yeah. Every it's it, that's exactly it, and especially as you're a kid, man, I don't want to be Federation. You know, you had that. To, they have the directives and they have rules and they have this. If you're a rebel, you're fighting against the Empire and you do whatever you want to do to get the job and, done. And type pretty of much thing. the only person in the entire Federation that is allowed to circumnavigate the rules is, is Captain Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else has to adhere to them at all times. There, so well, there's like a, the bad guys don't have to adhere to them and Kirk doesn't. That's it. There's a discussion before Scotty leaves the crew in, in Into Darkness where he says, look, I we're explorers i didn't sign up to you know go to war right and i think that kind of sums up both star wars versus star trek is star trek was more about exploring the universe and maybe occasionally coming across alien races or other people that you have to fight but 
you know, it was about exploration, not about a giant ongoing battle for and that that's why the stars. For, yeah, for for me, that's why. Like, if if Star Wars Star Wars wasn't such an ingrained part of my childhood and so like precious to my childhood and everything, I would pick Star Trek because it appeals to me a lot more. As far as like, I love the whole idea of going out into into space and exploring and just finding like going to you know you see a star off in the distance and you could actually go to it and find out what planets are around it and check them i mean that is that to me that that that's like a dream i would love to do that and so star and star trek is about that because like you said star trek is about exploration you know and that's one of the things that appeals to me greatly and you know if it wasn't for star wars just being such an ingrained part of my childhood i would prefer star trek more he's still doing it mike Okay, uh, one thing I could say for the video gamers out there, as someone who's been playing a lot of both recently, it occurred to me while we are having this discussion that uh, two MMOs that are very popular right now, one is more like Star Trek and one is more like Star Wars. Uh, EVE Online is definitely all about Trek. It's the sterile cold of space. You're out there exploring, engaging in trade, engaging in politics, uh, once again, very clean, very organized, very precise and technical. And you've got Wildstar, which is basically a down and dirty space western. Yeah, definitely much more like Star Wars. Eve Online. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm gonna check Don't, that out. You know what? You might actually get into it, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, I think this might. You might might take it. I have you ever taken a, a statistics class and really loved it? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I, I love numbers. Th- then you will totally dig Eve Online. I, yeah, if you I, want, I get off so. on spreadsheets. Sometimes. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> you're in. Yeah. <laughs> this episode of Forty Grand Fourteen brought to you by Eve Online. <laughs> That's the flavor. <laughs> I've seen people who play with a dual monitor setup literally having Excel open in one and having the game open in another. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, note to self. The entire economy is player-driven, and uh, you can get to a point where inflation is controlled by players being able to pay for their subscription with in-game currency. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Every ship you see, virtually every piece of equipment on every ship can be made by a player, sold by a player to another player. So, verse, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> just awesome. and and pair that in with massive space battles. Yep. Not just and not just like I'm not talking like a few ships. I'm talking thousands of ships, all being piloted by individual people <gasps> or clans, including capital ships that are owned by corporations that took uh, dozens of players months to build. And and they just like all schedule this battle and all get online in the same well, time. Yeah, we wish it was that. The, the last <laughs> the last uh, major battle in which because you can roughly approximate how much credits are, would be worth in U.S. dollars by figuring out how many credits it takes to buy a month of game time. The last major battle took hundreds of thousands of U.S. dollars in destroyed ships with capital ships destroyed on both sides. What happened is someone forgot to pay the rent on a space station. <laughs> Someone missed an auto payment on a space station, and when your rent is paid up, no one can take it from you. It's not able to be attacked. Someone missed a single payment, and an opposing alliance moved in and grabbed their space station. And what ended up happening is the original owners came back online and were like, crap. And mega alliances were triggered on both sides, and hundreds of ships were destroyed. Pat, I'm sending a link to a video of the uh, EVE Online 4,000-plus players battle. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
I'll check it's, it out. It's actually yeah. what I was playing right before we started today when I was like, uh, guys, I got to just dock my ship. Oh, you were playing stuff. that? Oh, cool. Yeah, I was playing EVE Online, so. Yeah, and it is, it, and, and when we're talking ships like bigger than planets, just ridiculousness, so. Wow. Pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Where did we come from? Well, when a mom and a dad <laughs> yeah, love each other say- very much, <laughs> and she's got puss puss. <laughs> Does mom have puss puss? <laughs> I don't want to go there. You've been there. You came from there. It's going to be the origin story. Oh, that- That's what we're doing next week. How do, how we have all known each other anywhere from we'll just say been almost twenty years. That, yeah, twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. Twenty years. Give or take on a, on every count. Yeah. Holy shit! Twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we've been hanging out and doing this for 20 years. Pretty much. So we're going to uh, engage in a little bit of self-indulgent behavior and talk about how we met and who we were then and what our lives are like now and who we are now. Yeah, because it is the 40th episode. And we're, so I knew, we're going to explain a lot of our inside jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We might even talk about screaming dishes. <laughs> yes. I, I really hope we talk about screaming dishes. <laughs> Or the or the Great Rumplements War. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody feel well, like singing Silent Night? Oh or, yeah. Or yeah. The, uh, this line will mean something to people, I'm sure. Um, I'm just sitting here waiting for some nudity. <laughs> Man, it's been at least four elf since I heard that one. <laughs> so yeah, all these things that we have said that you've went that obviously means something to them. Well, we're going to go over a bunch of those with you guys, let you know you know where we came from. Who we are, like Josh said, who we are now, where things are going, and you know why is it that we're still hanging out with each other twenty years later? Hopefully, we figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we because honestly, yeah, I got no clue. Sometimes well, if we don't figure it out by next show. I'm done with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at forty go fourteen at gmail dot com, or you can reach us at forty go fourteen dot com or Facebook, and you can download our episodes from. Blueberry, TalkShoe, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, or over at the Musings of a Geek podcast network and musingsofageek.com. Yeah, and if you want to give us a call and uh, let us hear your voice and maybe get you up on the air, call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-867-5309. Got him! That's actually 708-669-9727. You fucker. You walked right into that. 8675309. Jenny, uh, don't lose that number. Just for a split second there, my brain's going, well, it's written there. Might as well read it. <laughs> That's good. And, yeah. and go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Just put it up on the teleprompter. Damn it, Jim. What the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? If you put it on the show notes, he will read it. <laughs> <laughs> New game. <laughs> Game on. Uh, oh, God, I'm really not looking forward to that. <laughs> so I'm Mike. I'm saying goodnight. <laughs> I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. I can only give him one that time around. Buttons being pushed. Instrument readings changing. And on my monitor screen, I can see Mitchell smiling each time it happens.
as if his ship and crew were almost a toy for his amusement. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Crap, I lost his name, Derek. Um, Cheater. No. Cheeseburger. I lost his name from American History. French Onion Dip. Derek Vineyard. Yeah, French Onion Dip. Derek Vineyard from American History. I have History. some upstairs, yeah. Which apparently you guys wouldn't have got anyway, so never mind. I own the movie. Shut your face. Who the hell is Derek French Onion Dip? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who invented it. He's... <laughs> Derek, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best answer ever. <laughs>